Hey, good morning, everybody. I want to just thank you for all coming in and sharing this morning with us. Um, uh, appreciate all your time and commitment you give to uh, Rock River Community Church, and welcome to all those that are watching online. Uh, we're glad you're here. So let's get to the message. Um, have you ever, have you ever uh, uh, got a text from someone, and you and you read the text? And maybe you read it wrong, or maybe you didn't finish reading it. Anybody? You just kind of read, yeah, you kind of just read the first line, and, and all the rest just kind of goes into nothing. Well, when, when, when I was a youth pastor, because I thought I was going to die a youth pastor, when I was a youth pastor, I, would, um, I had a team of student leaders, which would be kind of equivalent to what a church board would be. All right, um, but these were just students, and they helped lead, lead, make decisions on on what we were going to do in the youth. But in order for them to be a student leader, there was I had a couple. I'm not a big rules guy, you know what I'm saying? I'm not a big rules guy, but I did have a couple rules, and one of the things that was non-negotiable, hands down, no way, was you had to attend uh, uh, and help in a few of the events that we had every year. It was There were ongoing events, and you, if you're going to be it, that's what you had to do, and there was no exceptions. It's like, no way you're there, all right? Do you get what I'm saying? Well, Annette and I were also, in this particular church, we were also the, the kids' pastors. We were the kids' pastors as well, and um, we, we had organized this event that had... Um, that, that had kind of grown the, the previous two years to doing it on, on this one year, and um, it had literally grown into something pretty big. It was, it was uh, uh, an event that the community kind of looked forward to, and, and w w what had happened with it was we, we had filled the auditorium, all right, so, so we had filled the auditorium. This particular year, there was people looking in the windows, and our lobby was full, and they were just trying to look in. So this was kind of a big deal event for our community, and especially our church. And every one of my student leaders, they had their piece of the pie. You know what I'm saying? They had their piece of the pie, and they were responsible for that piece of pie. And there was no way that I could pull this off without their help because there were so many moving pieces and parts to this event and I just wanted to be focused on all the details you know what I'm saying to make sure everything was good if you know me if you know me at all you know that's kind of where I zero in on I just kind of and 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 that so but this particular morning I received a text from a parent saying that her daughter was not going to be there because she had drivers Okay, she had something to do with driver, and she sent this text on the morning of the event, and I'm think and, and I'm thinking, okay, well, well, wait a minute here. How long how long did you know about this? Is this something that just came up this morning that all of a sudden you're scheduled for a driver's exam? You know, so I'm thinking, what's going on? And I remember I just got so angry. I remember, and I mean. You know, you, you kind of see the, the cool Pastor Bob here, you know. And I got angry. I was just inside. I was furious, mostly because I left zero gray area in this manner of, of what 
what their expectations were. They knew what their expectations were. They all knew the only excuse that they were not to be there was if they had died or they had an appendage hanging by a string. You know, you know what I'm saying? And literally, that's a quote that I told them. This was the only reasons that was <clears throat> that I was except that you were not going to be there. It was the only exception I had. To the, there was nothing else. Do you get what I'm saying? It was crystal clear. And I'm thinking, this is not too much to ask. Not to mention, everyone knew about this event months in advance. This isn't something I just sprung on them the day before. Oh, no, no, no. This was months. This was months. So when I get this text, I, 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 I quickly responded to it. And I got to tell you, I wasn't super nice. I was not super nice, and, and, and my thumbs are just going crazy. You know what I'm saying? And it seems like, it seems like when you're angry, your thumbs, and then you're back, you know, you're backspacing because do we know what we're talking about in texts when you're trying to fly through it, and you want to make sure it sounds right, and then autocorrect takes over, and then you're going like this. My thumbs are going like crazy, and, and, then, and then I sent it. And just as I pressed send, I noticed the last line of her text. The last line said, so she should only be a few minutes late. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what now? <laughs> I already sent it. It was gone. I wasn't going to get it back. But my anger, my anger instantly welled up inside me, and the wrath of Pastor Bob was exposed right there in a text. How do I recover? How do I recover from this sudden burst of anger? First off, nobody's used to seeing that from me anyway, but how do you recover? You just don't. So the next text was immediately was like, I am so sorry. Right? I'm so sorry. Please tell me I'm not alone in something like this. Has anybody done that? Right? Oh my goodness. I mean, I mean, have you ever been so angry uh, at someone that you that you're like almost shaking? You know, you're just literally you see it in cartoons, you know. But think about it. Have you been that angry that you just you just almost just want to punch somebody in the face? You know what I'm saying? So angry, you know? And, and then, all, you know, then your anger, it's all sitting out there, and the wrath surfaces its ugly head, and there you are, just mad. That's what happened to me. Anyway, um, so we, we started out last week's message with, um, what causes, with James 4, 1, 2, it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, you, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because what you do not ask. So, so last week, last week, we, we talked about, about greed and how we get so upset obsessed with money and stuff that it becomes the God in our life. And in this scripture, Paul's saying that our greed leads to conflict and then our wrath 
or our, our anger leads to murder. And it's this kind of natural progression of what happens. And people get angry because of they want stuff that they don't have and they can't get. So let's look at the next deadly sin. This is week two of our, of our seven deadly sins series. Um, and, and if you're quick and you think about it, there's going to be seven messages. So it's a seven-week series because there's seven deadly sins. And some of these sins, you may not even realize that they're really a sin, much less a deadly sin. And I think the reason that they're really deadly sins is because they're sins that you don't even think are sins. I mean, is greed really a sin? If you heard the message last week, you'd say, huh, you better believe it is. So is wrath a sin? Most certainly. So we're going to start with wrath of week two of the seven deadly sins. So the Mac Dictionary, um, because I'm a Mac guy, the Mac Dis Dictionary defines um, wrath like this. Simple two words, extreme Anger. Has anybody had extreme anger in their life other than me to that poor, unexpecting mother? <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, I'm looking at this word wrath and I'm thinking, why, why, do we, why do we use the word wrath instead of anger? You know what I came down with? It just sounds so much cooler, doesn't it? I mean, if, you know, I, I remember thinking I, I faced the wrath of my, my uh, eighth grade art teacher because I pinned a tail on her. True story. And, um, but that, so I faced the wrath of her because she was super mad. But doesn't wrath sound better than I made my art teacher angry? Huh? Doesn't grass sound so much cooler? That's the only thing I could think. Just so much cooler. And I guess that, um, you know, my guess would be that all of us in here at some time or another, some point, have been mad at someone. Raise your hand if you've never been mad at someone. Thank you. So, and isn't it true? I mean, we, 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 get, we get angry at, at, at people that we work with. Right? In the workplace, people are always doing something that we don't agree with, right? And we get angry. And family, we get angry at our family because, you know, our, our little brothers and sisters are just stupid. And we get angry at them. And older, it doesn't matter. We can even get angry with people at church, right? We can get angry with people at And we stay, say stuff like, I got, I got so angry at so-and-so for whatever the stupid reason is, I could have just screamed, right? We say stuff like that. We say, if you do that again, I'm going to kill you. We say, right? Our anger does that. And I'm guessing most of us have had a time, or maybe two or whatever, that we've accidentally cut in front of someone in a car maybe, or we've pulled out on someone, and this certain finger starts flying, right? I mean, we've all seen it, I'm guessing, and, and it, seems like, it seems like our wrath, you know, our, our anger pops out of nowhere sometimes, and all of a sudden, it's like zero to 60, just like that, in flash. You go from, you know, cool cool Bob to, to wrathful Bob and, just, and, and it was just a one second thing. Bam! 
It's just like what happened to me when I, when I read that text, or I should say I didn't read that text. A zero to 60. I mean, I'll tell you what, it was definitely one of those zero to 60 moments in my life where it was just, you could feel the blood pump to your face and you knew, and maybe that veins popping up. You know what I'm saying? It was just one of those moments in my life, and if only I had taken the time to read the stinking text, I would not have responded the way, and I would not have to have a thought of, how do I recover from this? There would have been no way, but how many times does that happen when we get angry? How many times does that happen? We, get, we don't take time to reread the message. Reread the message. Don't get angry. We don't take time to assess the entire situation or the circumstance, and bam, 0-60, just like that, right? 0-60, just like that. Well, I thank God that we have Scripture, that we have Scripture that we can learn from, and we can take some advice from James on this. So James, in, in Chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, he writes, he says, So then, my brother, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For wrath of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, it's not very often that I'm going to preach an entire message on a short piece. This is it for Scripture today, right there. But, let me explain the beginning of this chapter. What James is, is writing is he's telling people, hey, you know what? You guys have to be patient when trials happen in your life. When junk happens, you have to be patient and just, just endure it. And he, and he goes on to talk about those trials that we have, those trials in life when junk happens. That's our moment to receive wisdom we need from God. And that's only going to make us better. That's only going to make us better. Then, then, he, then he starts to write on how to encourage those who are affected by those tri trials. He's telling people, hey, you know what? Don't blame God. We oftentimes, we just want to blame God for all the stuff that happens in our life. But then he explains that, that God's goodness is going to come out of this. God's goodness is going to come out. And all that, guys, you know what you need to do, James is saying? Chill the heck out. Just chill out. Relax. Relax. Be slow to anger. Be slow to wrath. Something we don't have to do first. But we have to first learn to be fast to hear. Be quick to listen. Open up your ears, not your mouth. And when you open up your mouth, speak slow. Slow to speak. That's what he's saying. Hey, guys, don't be stupid. Think about what you're saying. But most of the time what happens is we're too fast to listen, and that's why we respond so quickly, right? That's what happened to me. And he's saying, he's saying, you know what? Try this, people. Why don't you try this? 
Be quick to understand. And don't overanalyze every word that was said. Check it out. Just listen and then take the time to speak. Just take the time to speak. Especially when it's something that you maybe have thought. <laughs> or, or in my case, it was something that I didn't read properly or all of, which was, you know, bad. But so much of our anger and our wrath comes. And you know why it comes? It, becomes, it comes because we are self-centered. Right? Isn't it? Because we're self-centered. It's that, it's that all about me because I didn't get what I want. Wah, 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 wah. I want my greed. Last week's message. But slow to speak. When we're slow to speak, that's a way to be others-centered. To think about others. Others-centered. And I gotta tell you, I fell right in the Satan's trap on this one. Didn't I? I mean, I responded just as he wanted me to. I fell right into it. I responded out of anger, and I responded way too fast. I would have liked to have had a, a, a thumb counter on my thumbs and see how fast I did that. Too fast. Now, slow to speak, slow to speak doesn't mean like slow motion, like slow to speak. We could do that, but nobody would understand us. We'd have to play the tape fast forward, you know. It means, it means to think about what you're going to say instead of saying it, then thinking about what you said. Right? Every day I do that. Every day. I'm horrible. I am the worst. I, I'm the textbook on that. I'm like, what did I just say? Man, that was stupid. Why didn't I? Why didn't I? James says, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, we have to take, and, and we got to take this special care, right, to slow down, just slow down to rest. Chill out. That's what Jesus is saying. Just chill out. So, you know, here's an example of what I'm saying. Like when you sin, right? So w when you sin, God usually doesn't pounce on you like a, like a lion would if you were wearing a pork chop necklace, right? <laughs> you know, he's not going to pounce on you like that, right? He's not going to do that. He allows you to make these choices. He allows you to do things on your own. And then he allows you to seek forgiveness. Why? Because he's righteous. But we don't do that. No, we don't do that. No, what we do is we're up in someone's face right away. Right in their face when, when something happens that makes us mad. Our wrath at that point, accomplishes absolutely nothing. And it especially does not display the righteousness of God. No, no, quite the opposite, doesn't it? 
But, but what happens when our wrath seems to, to, to but, but, and this is so true, doesn't it seem like um, our wrath or our anger is always trying to defend what, what, we're, what we're thinking, our point of view? Right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that what happens? Our, our wrath. No, 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 no. We tell ourselves we're trying to justify that we have this really good reason to be angry, whether we do or we don't. It doesn't matter. We're trying to justify it in our heads. We're trying to say, oh, I have the right to. How many times have you said, well, if you wouldn't have, or if they wouldn't have, or if he or she would have, or would, wouldn't, wouldn't have, you're always trying to justify why you're mad when reality is you probably don't really have a good reason for it. You're just angry. See, our culture tells us that if we don't like what someone has done to us, you know what our culture does right now? Oftentimes, they just go out and shoot someone. They go out and they plant a, a, a pipe bomb. Isn't that what's happening? And some, some people just kill because they grew up angry and they take it out through those drive-by shootings. I'm mad at the world, so I'm going to shoot some innocent bystander. And I'm actually talking about where my son lives in North Minneapolis right now. Because that's what's happening. It's the reality of the world. I'm just going to, and the reason this happens is because they've never learned and they've never been taught to control the anger, how to deal with it. No, they just blast it out there and it's usually in violence, something you can't get back. And it's not really that hard to sit back and wonder why all this is going on. I mean, if we think about what we watch on TV, we think of some of the movies we watch, what we listen to, that wrath, that anger just gets literally, it gets pounded in our heads. Day after day, minute after minute, just gets pounded into, and we're told that, you know what, when someone else does something to you, we're almost required to take action and get revenge. Oh, you can't let them get away with that. You got to do something about that, whatever that is. No wonder we can't keep, seem to keep anger out of our own lives. It's just pumped into us almost 24-7. But the tricky part is, is how to separate that wrath, that, that unrighteous anger from righteous anger. We have to learn how to separate that because not all anger is bad. Not all anger is bad. Some anger can, be, can, be, can actually be good when it comes to the fact about confronting evil and all the evil out there. In James 4.26, he says, Be angry and sin not. Be angry. Go ahead and be mad. But man, watch what you do. Watch what you do. 
Jesus became angry in the temple when he, he, he saw, saw that this temple had turned into basically a shopping mall. Right? He, they were not all about God's business, and that's what this temple was supposed to be about, God's business. They were about their own business and making money from the house of God, and Jesus didn't like it. All these people were being self-centered. They weren't being other-centered. Jesus was angry. And I'll tell you what, things that anger Jesus, things that anger God, should also anger us. So when should we be angry? When it goes against what the Word of God says. Hello, people. But we don't know how. Oh, I'm not going to mess with that. I'm not going to offend someone. Jesus told the Pharisees, he says, he's like, Whoa to you scribes and Pharisees. And he's not saying it nicely. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you vipers. Does that sound like compliments? No way. Blind guides, murderers of the prophets. Jesus' anger was, was motivated to set the right, to set right from the wrong here. And all this wrong that was being done in the church, Jesus didn't want that. It's righteous anger. But, what is, but notice the word. He didn't say he went and punched someone in the face or got in a donkey with a, what, what would they be using then? A bow and arrow? I don't know. And drive by, shoot someone on a donkey? You know? No! I mean, I'll tell you what. I, I would get angry at students for purposely uh, breaking or damaging stuff around our youth facility. I would get angry. I wouldn't yell, but I was certainly angry. And they knew it. But I got angry because it was a lack of respect. It was a righteous anger. But I didn't kick them out. I didn't call them mom or their dad. It was righteous anger. So just because a person does get mad or does get angry doesn't mean that they're sinning. They're just simply angry. I'm just angry. But what happens is it's too easy to let our anger turn into that sin. It's too easy to let our righteous anger turn to wrath. And, 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 that ha and then it turns into sin. And here's, a, here's an example story, not that this happened to me, but to a friend. <laughs> so this was a time before cell phones, all right? So you guys right here, there was a time there was no cell phones. <laughs> there, was, there was really no cell phones, and you actually were wired to a wall, you know what I'm saying? So, so this was before, this was at that time. So... The husband, again, not me, calls to tell his wife, hey, you know what, I won't be home till 6. So she cooks him this wonderful meal, and it's a special dinner, and, and she plans it to be ready right at 6 o'clock when he's supposed to be home. 6.30 comes, 
No husband. Still no phone call. Seven o'clock comes. No husband. No phone call. 8.15, the husband finally walks in. The wife, not so happy. Not so happy. She goes... She goes off shooting everything at impossible. I mean, she's just angry. You should have called me. You always do this to me. You don't care about me. You never keep your word. Which was true. And bam, 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 just rifling off all these things, one after another. Wife then takes said plate of food that was sitting still out on the table and takes and throws the entire plate itself and everything in it into the garbage and storms off. Now that evening's kind of toast, right? It's no good anymore. The husband is eating cold leftovers from the refrigerator, and the wife is in the bedroom crying, and the relationship is now hurting all because of anger. All because of anger. Said husband sneaks back into the bedroom to try to make peace, and it all starts up again. Same thing over. And he's like, I was working. You knew where I was. I was, I was making money for the family. You knew where I was. Well, that's the wrong thing to say. Wife pushes husband out of the bedroom. Then husband sneaks back into bed after she falls asleep. Not that this happened to me. But here's the thing. No matter how bad the problem is, it needed to be dealt with. It needed to be dealt with then and now. So many times we don't deal with issues like this because we feel that we are the one who needs to be apologized to. Oh, I didn't do anything wrong. You need to apologize to me. What did I do? What did I do? We're the one who always think we're right and they're wrong. But in this situation, they were both wrong. They were both wrong. The sin of the husband in this case was he didn't have the honor and the respect to phone his wife. Which he should have. And the wife's response was wrath, was true anger, true anger. But my friend and his wife made up and lived happily ever after. But see, if, if we're not careful, that anger, it can be fatal in our lives. It's fatal when we let this negative outburst of wrath threaten to destroy our relationships, which is what we were on track for. Not we, which they were on track for. <laughs> the cat's out of the bag, honey. <laughs> Nobody figured that out. They all know now, even out. 
But let me say that again. It's fatal when we let our negative outbursts of wrath threaten to destroy the relationships we have around us. It's fatal when when we let wrath just fester inside of us and that let and we let that thought of of revenge just consume us. Oh, I'm gonna get you. I'll pay you back in a bad way. It's fatal when we when when, when we let wrath keep us from forgiving someone. We're so angry at someone that we can't seem to forgive them. Man, that's fatal in your life. Keep in mind, there's a a huge difference between being hurt and being angry. We can be hurt without being angry. And it's fatal when anger keeps us from serving our God. And how often does that happen? You get mad at God, too. And you leave the church or you stop anything to do with God. All because you're mad. All because you let your wrath surface. Anger is so dangerous if we choose to let it take over our lives. It's just, it's just dangerous. It's, hard. it's like picking up a knife by the blade and squeezing it. It's going to cut you. It's going to hurt you. It's going to harm you. It's dangerous. Let's not let our mouths work faster than our minds. Can I say that again? Let's not let our mouths work faster than our minds. Let's not let... Anger fill us with regret because that's the next step. Oh, when you're angry, what's the next step after you said something? Oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Have we said that? I didn't mean that. Oh, you said it and you meant it. So not only are you angry and you're showing wrath, now you just lied too. Top it off. Which is one of the commandments, right? Let's not let that anger get us to fill us with regret. Here's what Mark Twain said. I think it's funny. Maybe some of you won't think it's funny. I thought it was funny. He said, when you're angry, count to four. But when you're very angry, swear. I thought it was fun. I'm going to tell you, you know what? There's going to be times, and there probably has already been times in your life that you've been angry for the right reason. Oh, I'm right to be angry. And that's okay. But that doesn't mean that you have to be cruel. That doesn't mean that you have to be mean. And if we choose to express our anger in, in more of a loving and healthy way, then you know what? We're going to focus on a resolution and not focus on that attack. 
We're going to focus on how to repair it instead of how to destroy it. Wrath can make you look at stuff in, in, in especially life in this negative light. But if you take away wrath and you look at life positive, in a positive view, you're going to be amazed at how much more you're going to be so much other-centered which is what Jesus wants us to be, others-centered, not self-centered. And when we're others-centered, we're going to be much more focused on God and not focused on yourself. Let's not focus on ourselves, especially in times of anger. When we focus on others, we're just simply following what Jesus wants for us. We're looking for the goodness of God, what God has for us. And then, people, when we're focused on the right things, we'll be filled with the hope. We're going to be filled with joy and so much Happiness instead of anger, instead of wrath. Who likes to be angry? I don't. So remember this proverb when someone says or someone does something to you that really trips your switch? Think of this proverb. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15.1. People, don't be like me in that poor, poor mother. You cannot recover from that. How do you recover from that? Let's just be slow to speak. Let's be fast to think. And let's wait for the Spirit to tell us what to say. And not let our high blood pressure, vein-popping situation come out. That's the wrong time to speak. Let's just have hope. Let's just focus on our God. Let's just focus on the good instead of the anger.